Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. We were talking about insect bites and stings on the programme earlier and Yvonne says another problem is mosquito bites, that there is a really big problem with them in Shannon. Uh, in the 70s especially, the, it was there when she was living there, it was said that they were brought over in the baggage hold. As for weaverfish, she remembers years ago, either Joe or another presenter saying that there was an outbreak of bites in Doolan or Fenora, and she says uh, they are horrific bites. And uh, we had somebody else say that uh, there should be signs on the beaches. Geraldine says there should be signs at beaches about the weaver fish because there are so many getting stung about uh, with those weaver fish. So something to look out for on uh, the beaches when you're, you know, on your holidays this summer. A popular Limerick cafe has been faced with yet another hurdle just hours ahead of its official reopening earlier this week. Hook and Ladder in Dora Doyle were all set for the return of indoor dining after two months of being shut. But unfortunately, the cafe was broken into the very night before. Gardy say they're investigating and no arrests have been made yet. Andrew Maloney of Hook and Ladder described to Live 95 News what they were met with when they arrived at the store in the early hours of Monday morning. Uh, yeah, it was the early hours of the morning on Monday morning. There was a kind of a, was attempted breaking, really. Um, they got away with the contents of two bits of box in the shops and that caused unnecessary damage the day before we reopened for indoor dining. So there was a good bit of damage I can see from the video and was anything taken from your premises? Yeah, there was one or two bits taken in terms of tails once forth. Um, other than that, it was mostly just the damage caused to the area around the till and the front door. And as you said there, it was the day of the return of indoor dining, so this must yeah, be very disappointing. Four and, a half, four and a half hours before we're due to open for the first time in maybe don't, over the last few months. Um, so it was just more the, the hindrance of having that extra headache and obviously the very early start um, to get the shop ready to go. It was really just the time and, and couldn't pick the worst night to do it like <laughs> Yeah, and were you still able to get it ready to go that day or have you had to delay it since? Yeah, no, thankfully we actually were. Um, so I myself have to work through the night to get it up and running for 8am that morning, but we got there, thank God. At least that, but um, I can imagine it must have been a very stressful morning. Yeah, stressful and annoying and all of the above. But, but uh, since then, how has the return of indoor dining and your yeah, cafe been? Yeah, overall it's been very well received by customers. Um Obviously, it's a little bit slower as you come in the front door and stuff for all the various different government guidelines to adhere to. But um, thankfully, so far, it's gone off without a hitch. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, The team at Hook and Ladder have been, you know, very supportive to us here with uh, some of our charity drives in the past. And I know they've been working hard at trying to do the outdoor stuff uh, throughout the summer at their various units across uh, Limerick. And to hear that happen the night before they're due to reopen for indoor dining. Very upsetting indeed. And I suppose the guards are investigating. Anybody seen anything? The usual. Contact your local guard the station. Now, the Department of Education has received more than 40 complaints on the issue of some of the books being studied by junior cert and leaving cert students in this country. And they've been described by these complainants as having sick and disturbing content and containing material that is clearly unsuitable for minors. 
Um, what do you think? If you have seen any of these books and you are against them, uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning, 86 But we are going to talk to two very well-known, very popular Limerick authors, Donald Ryan and Roisin Meany, are with us on the programme this morning. Good morning to you both. Morning, Julian. I, I was wondering, uh, are, do either of you have any books on the curriculum at the moment, Roisin? I don't, but I believe Donald has. Hi, oh. Donald. Hi, Roisin. How are you doing? Good. Um, I do, yeah. Um, my first novel, Spinning Heart, was on the um, Leaving Through Syllabus um, for about five years. It was a prescribed text for a couple of years and um, a comparative text for a few years. And uh, you're not aware of any complaints having been made about that, are, are you? I'm not aware, but I mean, people have complained to me personally. Um, you know, <laughs> but now, in fairness, very rarely, but... Um, you know, there's some choice language in it. Um, there are some themes that people could class as, I suppose, disturbing. But, I mean, for me, it's a very real book. Um, and I was thrilled to have it as Living Cert. I mean, it's a huge honour. Um, and I know I know the time and care that goes into choosing a text for Living Cert. Um, you know, because I, I did speak to some people involved in that pursuit afterwards. Um, and I know how much care they put into it. And to be honest, I mean, I, I'm actually a bit envious of people who can afford to worry about the Leaving Cert syllabus or the Junior Cert. That, if that's a worry in life, really, they must really, really have a worry-free life. Yeah, well, um, Roisin, two of the books that have been mentioned um, as having, you know, sick and disturbing content, well, one person says that The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood has is nothing but sadistic, upsetting and of no moral learning or value <laughs> to students. Roisin, have you read it? No, actually, Gillian, I must admit I haven't. Have you seen the TV series? No. Okay. So you, so you know nothing about The Handmaid's Tale? I do know. I do actually know quite a lot about The okay. Handmaid's Tale from listening to other people talking about right. it. Right. Um, now, I, I, so I can't really comment on the text directly, obviously, not having read it. But I would say that maybe parents just need to lighten up a little bit and, and trust that the people, like Donald said, the people who have taken great care to choose these texts have done so um, w- with with specific objectives, as in uh, that it's good literature, which I think nobody could deny, really, um, and that it provides fertile ground for, you know, uh, informed discussion and debate about exactly. the very yeah. topics that the parents would be objecting to. Well, you know, the funny thing, I've actually read that one. I've, re- I've read it, and I, ah. honestly, I, I can't see what's sadistic. Upset. Yes, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. But jeepers, mm. I, I really wouldn't want our kids to be only re- reading happily ever after stories. Exactly. And it's so subjective. A book is always so subjective anyway. Just look in any book club when they're discussing a book. You know, you're not going to get two identical opinions on any book. Yeah, but Donald, the other thing is parents don't get the choice in these things very often. I mean, that is something that they might feel they don't have much control over. And, you know, I, I read... I think I read um, The Outsiders on my curriculum going back 30 years ago. And there would have been choice language in The Outsiders. Absolutely. I mean, I, to be honest, just going back to um, The Handmaid's Tale, I'm thrilled it's on the third because, I mean, The Handmaid's Tale is basically a true story. Nothing happens in The Handmaid's Tale. It doesn't happen to women somewhere in the world. Um, and and people, we need to know about these things. Um, and, I mean, just looking through the list here of texts for 2023, I can't see one book. I mean, I, I've read maybe a third of the of the books on it um, and I can't see anything that could be a problem. I mean, in this day and age when children are assailed by the dangers of drugs and pornography and exploitation, I mean the very it should be the very, very last thing on the list of things to worry about should be a book. I never heard of a kid going after a because they read a book. It just doesn't happen. 
The other thing, uh, uh, book that they're complaining about is um, Emma Donoghue's uh, book Room, the Irish author Emma Donoghue. People might have seen the film as well. It was it won an Oscar for the, the actress who played the main role in it. And one concerned parent said they were perturbed that their teenager was studying the novel Room. This parent That's obviously, incredible. Well, That's incredible. Well, parent obviously has a good vocabulary if they were perturbed by it. <laughs> That's uh, what they're going to say. That, that word gets thrown around the place, to be honest. Everyone's perturbed by everything these days. But, I mean, Room is an absolutely incredible novel and it's an absolute masterclass in tension and in structure. Um, and, I mean... I, I, I know that there are parts of it that would be upsetting, but I mean, it's, it's okay for people to be confronted with things in life that are upsetting. I mean, the, the, the purpose of literature is to cast light, literally. That's what it means, to, to illuminate reality, to illuminate something about this, this human condition, about our existence. Um, and I mean, I, you know, that's not to say, of course, I mean, I should be, you know, um, I shouldn't maybe be um, so faulty about it because if someone's worried, they're worried, you know, and I'm sure these are genuine concerns, but I really do think that they're unfounded. Yeah, um, it is strange though, Roshin, you know, we have, um, well, maybe it's not strange, but we have guidelines for the movies that we watch um, mm-hmm. and TV programmes. There's a watershed, but you never see a book with a, you know, a little red sticker and the word mm. 18, the number 18 on a book. Do you think, Roshin, does it make sense though, like if, we, if we're restricting content or advising at least that content is only suitable for people over a certain age when it comes to movies and TVs, that maybe there should be those kind of at least recommendations on certain books? Well, I think when it comes to um, books that are prescribed for the, either the junior cert or the leaving cert, they already have been um, vetted yeah, exactly. by the people who are choosing them. So, you know, you could say that they have a classification ready-made for the student who is going to be reading them. And I, ha- I have to second what Donald said about Room. I thought that was a fantastic book, mm. absolutely brilliantly written. And yes, it is upsetting. And yes, it's claustrophobic and the film was it captured it so well as well but yeah. that's not to say that it shouldn't be read I think that might be that might be an argument for that it should be read and that minds can be open mm-hmm. to these situations and and a discussion and a debate can can open them further you know I think if you if you stop students from reading certain books because you feel that they shouldn't be exposed to it what's going to happen when that student goes on to college and can read what he or she likes they're going to be then bombarded by everything that was denied to them and they have no ammunition to cope you know they've no skills and that they would have that would have been nurtured in the in the english classroom in secondary school yeah Yeah, well i know um when i was in school Judy Bloom's book Forever was passed under the desk around the entire class. Um, and you were, the, the certain pages that was, you know, it was folded down in the corner, the pages to read. Um, and then when we, when we graduated from that, it was Flowers in the Attic, the entire series by Virginia Andrews. And, you know, everybody hid those books from their mothers. Everybody, they didn't want them knowing what, what we were reading. So, you know, the thing was, as soon as something was perceived as some bit forbidden or ought to be censored only made it more attractive for the rest of us to read. If you you want someone to read a book, ban it, you know, because they'll get (laughs) their hands on it one way or another. They're so easy to get now in so many different formats. There's no way you can can ban anything now. You know, that's kind of obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. Donald, I'm just curious, in the boys' schools, were there any books like that that, that, you know, were (laughs) equally popular? 
there were very few um, big readers in my school, to be honest. But um, Stephen King's The Stand um, is replete with so-called disturbing images and scenes. And um, it was one of the, the most read books in my school, I'd say, and passed around. And actually on Judy Bloom, I remember reading Blubber at a very young age, Judy Bloom's Blubber, Blubber. And, and really, it's opening my eyes to um, the bullying and the, the, you know, the, the nature of it and to eating disorders, which I didn't know about at the time. You know, it was such an instructive, salutary book. Um, and those kinds of books can really shape a person. Um, and I, I, But I've never heard of a person being corrupted by a book, to be honest. And actually, it's a good point Russian makes about spending books, you know, spend books being the most attractive and the easiest to get. Um, I'm so proud of the story of my, my paternal grandmother um, being the only um, owner of a copy of um, Edna O'Brien's Country Girls in the in the 50s or 60s. Um, and, it's, you know, and, and parish priests and solicitors and all the, the, the big shots come into her little farmhouse to borrow it because everybody was desperate to read it. Wow, that, that's amazing. Yeah, a famous book. And I believe that was on the curriculum if it's not still on it. I don't think it's on it now, but yeah. It, no, it, I don't I mean, think so. And also, I mean, look, we're in Limerick and Kate O'Brien's Land of Spices was banned for years and years because there was a, a you know, a, a gay scene in, in, early in the book. Um, and, you know, she was a pariah, basically, and because of that. But really, you know, I mean, it'd be awful to go back. To, it, it won't happen. But, I mean, even for there to be any kind of push towards going back to a situation where um, people can, you know, impose their strict morality on others would be would be a very regressive step. Yeah. Um, Roisin, it's summertime and people are hitting the beaches and I think it's the time that uh, a lot of your books are taken out uh, and people are reading them. They're, gr- they're great summer reads, aren't they? Yeah, that's kind of what my publishers market them as now. Yeah. So the book club is the one, the latest one, isn't it? The book club is the latest one, yeah. Flying yeah. it off the shelves, I'm sure. Yeah, apparently they're do- it's doing well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Number, one, number one everywhere. I think it's great. It's a great <laughs> book. Um, I highly recommend. Oh, thanks, it. Donald. <laughs> and, and Donald, the, the the Booker short long list, I think, came out yeah. yesterday. Um, I, I can never say his name. Is it Kashu Ishiguro? Yeah, it's the only book actually I've read on the on long list. It's Sarah and the Sun. It's actually a great book, and I would tip it for the win actually. Oh, but I mean, fairness, no, <laughs> I can't read it because it's the only one I've read. But um, I haven't read the others. You've made the long list and the short list before, haven't you? No, I've only made the long list. Twice. Oh, the long list. Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always one to watch. It's a, but Roshan, do you think it's just th- that whole Booker Prize, though? Is, is it a marketing trick? Oh, well, you see, I'm really jealous now because there's no way I'm ever going to get on the long list <laughs> or even the, the short list or even the long list. Um, but, I don't know. No, I don't think it is a marketing trick, but I do wonder at some of the books sometimes that make the long list. I've read some and I'd be scratching my head after thinking, I wonder why that mm, was deemed yeah. worthy of the list, you know? Um, and actually, I have to say, Clara and the Sun didn't really grab me that much, although I loved The Remains of the Day, and I thought mm. that was a really worthy winner. But, um, I, I, yeah, that one, Donald, I don't know. It was just a bit too far out for me, I think. Yeah. And isn't that funny? Isn't that why book clubs are absolutely fantastic? Because mm. you'll get yeah. two people with very different opinions yeah. on the same book, and everybody's got different tastes when it comes to yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's one of the beauties of books and the beauty of literature and the fact that it opens minds and it causes debate and causes conversations and actually brings people together. You know, it really, I really, I, I, I'd hate there to be any sense of a book ever being divisive or, or driving people apart or causing kind of friction between people. Yeah, well, yeah. seeing as we have both of you on, um, I know you're always very, very quiet about what the next project is, but I have <laughs> to ask you, just, just chance it, you know, will you give us any secrets on what's coming next, Donal? Um, well, it's, um, it's kind of a sequel of sorts, Strange Flowers, um, because two of the main characters, um, Josh Elmwood and Honey Bartlett, um, reappear in the next book. But it's the story of um, 
four generations of the same family, four women living in the same house in Dr. Brewery, um, and their life together. Very, very good. And when's that due out? Um, next August. Next. August 22. Okay. Yeah. And and yourself, Roisin? Yeah, I'm writing the next one too, Gillian. Um, it's it's centred around two people who, who haven't met and it's it's detailing their, their separate lives within the same small town. Um, and yeah, I can't really say what happens more than that um, because the whole the whole um, no theme spoilers of the book would be spoiled. Yeah, yeah, Roshan, I, I can't give anything else away. <laughs> do I remember you saying on this show one time before that you often would head off to somewhere like Lanzarote to write your books? Yeah, I used to do that for a while, Gillian. But actually, I I don't do it so well. Obviously, I'm not doing it now. But I I had kind of given up doing it because I found it too distracting to be in such a nice sunny, you know, seaside place. And my mind just tended to wander out to the sea and the beach and and whatever else. And it wasn't a great place to write. So now I divide my time between Limerick, my house in Limerick, which is fine to write, and and my other little cottage in Milton Mulbay, which is equally fine to write. And I'm happy out in either place writing and I I can manage it. Well, that's good to hear that COVID's not restricting your writing practices at all. I presume it's it's not having an impact on you, Donald. It's it's nice to have a career that, uh, you know, you, you can do at your kitchen table if needs be. God, it really is, yeah. And I mean, and I feel so awful for the, the small businesses and who are, who are being levelled by this pandemic, you know, who are being just pushed out of business. Um, and, you know, I, I do feel actually actual guilt at the fact that it, it had no real effect on my career or my ability to work at all. Um, you know, we switched over to online teaching in UL fairly seamlessly and, um, I mean, you can write anywhere, basically, so... Yeah, well, we look forward to the to the next projects from both of you, Roshi Meany and Donald Ryan. Thank you for joining us on Thank Limerick you, today, this morning. If there's anybody out there who has read Room and or The Handmaid's Tale and feels that they shouldn't be on the curriculum, do let us know. Give us a call 46 or WhatsApp or text us on 086 123 Call Limerick today now on 46 1995.